like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark Hello everyone, welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. I am your host, Mark Salcedo. That super badass tune is from uh, Dust Till Dawn, if you guys don't know. If you guys do know, then you guys know what we're going to be talking about today. But first, I'm going to introduce my best friend, Kelsey, who gave me this wide-eyed look right now. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Kelsey? Not much. You know, I was hoping you'd be like... And this is my co-host, and then there'd be a pause, because then I'd be like, Kelsey motherfucking Loisel. That's what I was going to say. Well, you said it anyway. I know. So it counts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we want to welcome everybody back. Uh, this is your first time listening to the show. Um, where have you been? And you can uh, kind of look up the notes, because we're not going to really say what we're about, other than we are a film news, uh, sorry, film, film news site? Film news podcast Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah we don't know what we are (laughs) yeah Uh, we are a film podcast we cover film news we do a recent review and then we do a classic review to see if it still holds up and uh that's because of kelsey you want to explain a little bit why we do that i don't know shit (laughs) (laughs) you know plenty of shit (laughs) i don't know shit yeah i just i just don't know old stuff you yeah, know, I only know new stuff because that old stuff ain't shit. Oh, no. shut up. <laughs> I'm kidding. Everybody want to fight you. <laughs> you know I'm kidding. Yeah, I know. There's I know. plenty of stuff I fucking love after watching it. Yeah. Uh, so what we got for you folks today is we are going to be doing uh, news. We're going to have a topic discussion, which is, uh, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, <laughs> we got a review uh dora and lost city of gold this is on kelsey's suggestion and we got a bit to talk about uh about that film uh there is no simon says simon says this week or no deathbed do-over instead we're gonna do something a little bit different we're gonna dissect um the netflix cartoon uh rocco's modern life well nickelodeon it's popped up on netflix uh this is a cartoon that Kelsey and I both watched growing up. I'm sure you folks watched uh, growing up, and it's kind of close to our heart. Uh, he gave me this look like, hmm? That's not so close to your heart? <laughs> I don't know. I just think it sounds painful to have a rocket floating around my heart. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and for our geriatric cinematic, we're going to be doing the uh, Robert Rodriguez film. From Dust Till Dawn. Uh, that's the first one. That's not the series, if you guys get confused. Uh, no, this is the 1996 uh, kind of action horror gore kind of film. Something I, like that. I'm gonna coin. I'm gonna coin a new term and call it gore. <laughs> gore. <laughs> it sounds like Goro from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> you know, gore and horror. Gore. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Anyway. If you guys want to uh, get involved in the show, uh, you can email us at therealappeal at gmail. Uh, we have Facebook as well, uh, The Real Appeal. We actually have a, a Facebook group. Um, just type in The Real Appeal, and we'll add you on. And we have uh, pretty interesting uh, discussions about films and stuff like that. Uh, Twitter account is Appeal Real. That's real with two E's. 
Uh, that goes for the Facebook and for the Gmail account. And uh, Instagram is the real appeal. You know, we post pictures. We just kind of do shit around it, fuck around. All good times. Fuckery is fun. <laughs> Fuckery is fun. Yes. I like that. Fuckery is fun. I'm going to use that now. Okay. Fuckery is fun. Yeah. I want to get that on a shirt. Fuckery is fun. Did you say cookery now? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, cooking is fun. I like cooking too. <laughs> All right. So in uh, the news for this episode, um, Disney is crapping a bunch of uh, major Fox movies. Uh, now, if you guys have been living underneath a rock for, I don't know, two years, I think. Uh, Disney bought out Fox. They have their entire library, and they do they can do whatever they want with it. Uh, with that in mind, they are cutting a bunch of stuff that Fox was going was in the process of either being uh, in development or pre production. Uh, just to name off a few, Assassin's Creed Two. I don't know who was asking for, asking for that. Uh, the jo- I'm so excited that's not coming out. Did you watch the first one? Yes. Oh my. <gasps> What? <laughs> did I? Wait, did I? The one with Michael Fassbender, and he is like, he gets like, his mind goes back in the past, and he's like <laughs> killing, he's, a, he's an assassin. Guess what movie I'm getting uh, it confused with? What movie? <laughs> Guess. Okay. I don't know. Oh, man. Give me a hint. <laughs> it's also a game movie. Reddit Player One? No, it's also a movie where the characters like, jumping up buildings and stuff and you gotta like solve things mario brothers no what, what, what movie prince of persia <laughs> 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 to be fair i can i can kind of say that because they're like in a like a mediterranean center israeli setting you know in desert setting so i can i can kind of see that i guess <laughs> <laughs> it's not like that it's not like that fucking Iron Man and Cars 2 <laughs> slip up you did. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, before we before we go off track, um Chronicle 2 was is, is officially scrapped. Uh Chronicle is the Josh Trigg Max Landis film that pretty much put Michael B. Jordan on the map and Dane Dane DeHaan, I think you say his name. I'm surprised this was actually still getting made or being potentially made because it's been i guess like 10 years since that movie came out um flash gordon is one of them kelsey you thought this might have been interesting right yeah i actually think flash gordon would have been great Mm. i don't really know anything about it but i know there's like a huge following and if i know anything about things with huge followings that taika watiti does yeah then it's something that we're never gonna get to see and yeah, that and that film is perfectly in Takawatiti's wheelhouse. Like, if you see Thor Ragnarok and then watch uh, Flash Gordon, it's kind of like the same kind of weird uh, rock opera, f- colorful space adventure mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, from what I read, he was being um, uh, pursued by Fox to make this movie. And it took so long that Marvel was like, hey, you want to go do Thor? And he was like, yeah, sure. So he did Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> And that was it. <laughs> so it was Fox's fault anyways, because they didn't... They dragged their feet. Mm. They're freaking dragging their feet. Uh, here's one that was in development. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Did you ever see that? No. That is like a... That's a that's based off a comic book written by Alan Moore. And it's a pretty interesting story. It's like all these like like classic novel characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Jack on High, The Invisible Man... Um, in the movies like Tom Sawyer but in the book he doesn't exist in there um, 
and like they're like i don't know they fight like supernatural elements and stuff like that the movie was bad uh but the way how it ended was like oh we got a second we part two is around the corner but this movie came out like 10 15 years ago oh and this this is starred sean connery and ever since then sean connery is like retired and he was supposed to come back for like the second one well it was a bad movie and he's kind of not that that great of an actor oh man i like well he's gone all right (laughs) I like Sean Connery. Well, uh, James Bond bias, but I think actually, I think that was the last movie that Sean Connery did. After that, he was like, I'm retired. Fuck this. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, Mega Man. They were going to do a movie about that. I don't know how that was going to be possible. Fucking Play-Doh. You know, everybody's asking for a Play-Doh movie. Everybody. Uh, The Sims, based off of the, the wildly successful PC game. And... The only one that really breaks my heart is the return of Killer Clowns from Outer Space in 3D. Mm. Killer Clowns from Outer Space has a strong 80s cult following. It's just f- stupid, fun horror. Mm. And I guess they're just, they scrapped it. I can't be sad about that because I don't know anything about <sighs> that movie. <laughs> I am. Uh, I was, uh, I, I, and I kept hearing that they wanted, they were going to do a sequel. Even though this movie came out like in 80. 482 or something like that mm. they kept talking about like re- maybe as recently as like five years they were like we're gonna do a kill the Clowns from outer space sequel and people were just like fuck yeah but they just never got off the ground mm. um the films that are still coming out uh the king's men uh the prequel to what the king's men um free guy okay so th- this movie looks interesting this is a movie called free guy tell me if this piques your interest kelsey uh, Disney's clearly confident in the star power of action comedy Free Guy, placing it right in the heart of summer. The movie tells the story of an ordinary bank teller who realized he's living in a video game. Ryan Reynolds stars alongside Channing Tatum, Joe Carey, and Taika Waititi. <laughs> Speaking of such. So Taika Waititi is going to be in the movie? Yeah. And then Stranger Things director Sean Levy will helm the film. I'm interested in that. I one. am interested. Yeah. It doesn't... It could go either way, but with the kind of people they have in it and working on it, yeah, I think it's going to go the right way. Yeah, that seems interesting. Um, the Avatar movies are still coming out. They're still coming out because everybody wants Avatar, right? Uh, <laughs> it's hard, hard You know hard what? Break. Listen. Okay. <laughs> Avatar lovers. Uh, yeah. Are like the the ten of you out there? Trump lovers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You know they exist, but you don't know who the fuck they are. <laughs> no, Trump. Trump lovers—they wear their racism proud. Not all of them. Not at the beginning. Oh, yeah, not at the beginning, but now, no. And now they're all bots. Not, so. Yeah. And now they're all wearing red caps. And they're all bots. And they're all bots. Um, West Side Story—that <laughs> that was gonna get made because that is Steven Spielberg's. Um, from what I heard, that's his dream project. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we got for now. Well, oh, here's one that I'm shocked as shit. The new mutants, (laughs) the new mutants has been pushed back for three years so far. And I don't know if this is ever, I, if it does come out, I'll be surprised as shit. I'm not. Okay. This is what I think. Hmm. Disney heard all the grumblings of everyone saying, why the fuck is Fox doing this? They fuck everything up. Mm. They pushed it back another three years, you said, right? Yeah, they would. They pushed it like it was supposed to come out 
I think 2018, and they pushed back three months, and then three months, and then three months. Now it's all now all the pushback has reached up to like 2020. Okay, that's enough time for Disney to put their mark on it and make it right. That I think that's the thinking behind the pushing it back. I don't think they're gonna use if they use any of the original material. It's uh, probably not gonna be that much of it. Uh huh. And they're gonna, I think they're gonna just try their best to do the right thing by that gotcha i still think it's probably not gonna happen because it's kind of tied to the x-men universe the one that finally died with dark phoenix and uh disney's trying to like step far away is that away from that's possible oh okay so, that's why you're surprised that's why i'm really surprised yeah I'm, i mean it, it if it does cool but I like no, I don't, nobody's really wanting to see this movie. People are like, I will, <laughs> I will have to be in the theater, watch the movie, have the credits roll to go. Okay, I guess they released the movie. <laughs> That's how much doubt I have in that. Yeah, movie. and then after you go to bed and wake up in the morning, you'll think you just had a bad dream anyway. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> what did I do last night? It's all blank. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. You guys can expect uh, some of those movies coming out and some of them not. Kelsey? Fun. <laughs> what you got? Um. All right. Who doesn't love Danny Trejo? Uh, I do. You do? Yes, I love Danny Trejo. Okay. Well, I don't have to disown you then. That's good. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mrs. I don't like Keanu Reeves and Jack Nicholson ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with Danny Trejo? Um, he helped... Save a child trapped in an overturned car in Salmar. Yeah, Salmar, California, folks. <laughs> <laughs> he um, he was went to the vehicle and the kid. He couldn't get that belt buckle undone, mm-hmm. and the kid was actually special needs. Yeah, so he was that, able yeah. to like tell him, you know, oh, we're gonna use our superpowers, mm-hmm. and then the kid was like, superpowers, mm-hmm. and um. You know, he calmed him down while, um, you know, the kid got out and his grandmother was still trapped. So he was trying to keep him distracted. And, oh, okay. Uh, apparently, and I didn't know this, he actually works with um, special needs kids. Oh, Danny Trail? Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. I, I, from what I heard, I mean, he's, he's had like this really intense life, um, like former gangster uh, convict or ex-convict drug user and all that stuff and from what i heard he's like the nicest guy in hollywood and he like really appreciate the opportunity he has as an actor yeah so i can i have fucking live near where i can get tacos from him and i still haven't tried them yet wait trail tacos around here we actually went to like an event or something and oh, sat right yeah. in front of the fucking place and we never oh. went in and tried them i still want to try those tacos now you know what I think those are like vegan tacos. Though. I still want to try them. Mm. Oh, I'll be down to do it. Okay. From Danny you can die with me. <laughs> I can die with you. <laughs> um, a little bit of local knowledge. If you guys are ever in SoCal and you come down to Venice Beach, most likely you'll see Danny Trejo just walking around, hanging out. Um, I've been down there a few times. Well, several times. And out of the several times, at least two of those times, I've seen Danny Trejo just walking around, just hanging out with his friends. And, and people will be like, hey, Danny Trail. He's just like, what's up, man? Like, that's it. And it's, it's him. Because you see that big-ass woman tattoo, like, on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the um, Machete star mm-hmm. is a big softie. 
He he has to be. He plays like this badass like he plays a badass or a villain and he's got to be the world's biggest You know what they say about like the biggest guys or like the the hardest looking guys mm-hmm. or the guys with all the tattoos or whatever. They're always the nicest guys. Yeah. I mean, I'm one of them. I have a kitty. You have a kitty? I have a cat. I love my cat. Yeah, but you don't <laughs> I do love that cat. No, you don't look hard. I don't look I don't Okay, you don't Sorry. You know me and you're like, "Oh, he don't look hard." But I've had people like clutch their purses. That's cuz you're black. Well, exactly. See? You don't. Oh, sorry. I think I said that. <laughs> cuz I'm black, I have like tattoos and everything. I'm kind of I'm I'm not tall tall you know but i'm like a fairly big guy mm. and people were just like oh he looks he looks you know dangerous or whatever and i've been like called uh called like a big teddy bear what i don't know if that was supposed to be for or against your hardness <laughs> <laughs> big teddy bear oh my god cops will you come help me there was a big teddy bear here <laughs> he made me clutch my purse because i was so scared of his softness well if you get you get to know me i'm a big teddy bear Oh. <laughs> oh, now you get it. Oh. <laughs> so, Danny Trejo, the hero that uh, so Look, Calmese. he's America's hero, okay? Mm. He's like, forget Keanu Reeves. I think they should put Danny Trejo in the John Wick movie. Jesus. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> fucking Danny Trejo is fucking, was it, is Bill from Bill and Ted? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so that's what Danny Trejo did? Huh? That's what, you, that's what Danny Trejo did? Yes, so that's what he did. That's what he did. That's what he did. Yeah, this is like a Danny Trejo. During fi- the summer. <laughs> this is a Danny Trejo filled episode. Of 19. Of ni- What? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Like 19. We are in the summer of 19. I know. It's hot. My brain's going to melt. <laughs> uh, all right. So, got a bit of news from my homeboy, because I know you're listening, Edgar Wright. I love you, man. You know, call me. We don't hang out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. I know, right? Uh, Edgar Wright's next movie, uh, Late Night in Soho, is coming out in September uh, next year. September 25th, to be exact. Um, it's a psychological thriller, and that's all we know about it. Like, there's nothing else. I mean, they, he has, like, a cast and everything, but a lot of people don't know what the hell is about. All I know is I'll be there day one. To watch it a third time, because you, know, <laughs> you know I'm trying to get to these screenings with Danny with, with Danny Trail <laughs> with Edgar oh, Wright. That's it. I've been replaced. <laughs> Danny Trail took me place. Hey, it's for good cause. He has tacos, <laughs> and he saves kids. And he saves kids, <laughs> and he likes cats. Yeah, probably. Anyway, so don't really have a whole lot of news about that. Other than that, it's coming out next year, and it's Edgar Wright, and any news of Edgar Wright, I will talk about it on this podcast. Do not care because I love that man. So for whatever reason, that title makes me think it's a remake or something. Last Night in Soho? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's a remake. It does kind of sound like it now, now that you're pointing it out to me. Um, last Late Night in Soho. Maybe because it's like Last Night something. Last Night I Cried in My Pillow. Yeah, exactly. Or last Christmas, I gave you my heart. Da, 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 I gave it away. Nope, no remake or anything. It just, it just, there's a bunch of places in Soho. That's about it. <laughs> That's about it. 
Yes, South Hollywood exists. Yes. <laughs> so there are a bunch of places there. Yes. We went there. I got my car impounded there. No, no, that was West Hollywood. Oh. That was in South Hollywood. It's all the same to me. <gasps> it's, Don't. No, I'm saying it's all the same because it's fun. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so we are going to jump into our topic discussion. Um, and it's I think it's something that we really need to talk about. Uh News came out on, I believe it was Sunday, uh, this Sunday that just passed, that uh, Universal is going to cancel uh, The Hunt. Um, it's this new like horror thriller film where, um, let me get you guys the synopsis right now. It's supposed, it's, it's, Universal called it a satirical social thriller. Um, it's about a group of globalist elites who pay large, mo- large amounts of money to hunt people for sport. The game turns, their game gets turned on its head when the hunted becomes the hunters. So, this news dropped uh, not too long after the uh, massacre shootings in Ohio and in Texas that killed 31 people in total and wounded dozens more. Um, I know we didn't really talk about it in the last podcast. It was like a huge, it affected everybody because that's, I mean, obviously, that's something that's really fucked up. Um, we're, we're a film podcast, but sometimes politics will come into the discussion because there are plenty of political films, but this is something that's affecting what we enjoy to watch, which is movies. Um, so I want to ask you, Kelsey, is, was this the right move for Universal to do? Because they're just, they're just canceling the release of the movie. What prompted them to cancel it, though? Like, did was there like a an, a backlash, like um, like outrage that they were gonna release this film? Well, there was no real backlash. Like nobody was like, "Hey, what about that hunt movie?" Mm-hmm. It's just because of the topic. It's it is political because from my, from what I remember, the people that are being hunted, they're supposed to be like Republicans. And the elite are supposedly supposed to be Democrats. Mm. So Universal is like, oh, we're having like this whole... It's Universal and Blumhouse Productions. They don't want to feel like they're being political with their film. Especially at a time where 31 people are killed and they're thinking that this is going to be an issue. First thing that comes to mind, and I've never even seen it, but for whatever reason, it's the first thing that comes to mind is Citizen Kane. Why is Isn't it? that one a political movie? It is, it's a very political movie. It's so about like, like the political fall of movies exist. Yeah, but I guess maybe it's because of the timing. It's just bad timing. Even though I mean, it, it's not released yet. It's coming out September twenty seventh, and this is not the first time, like a current event, it had happened. Um, I believe uh, Punisher for Netflix was pushed back um, because there was a, a, another shooting. There's so many of them, I can't fucking keep count. There's one every single day. Yeah. So it's like. Go ahead and make your damn movie. Like, the thing is, is like, without seeing it, mm -hmm. I don't know which way they're going with the Democrats being the elites and the Republicans being the hunted because I don't know if it's like Republicans calling Democrats elite Mm -hmm. and... You know, if if it's like someone who is Republican making a satirical film about Democrats, or is it like Democrats uh, making a satirical film about Republicans? I I, I don't know because like nobody has really seen the movie, and 
It's just, I don't, I, no, uh, nobody has really seen the movie. And they're just, a lot of, uh, like, it, like, it touched, like, Fox News is calling out, being like, this movie shouldn't exist, or some shit like that. And, of course, uh, the idiot in fucking office, Donald Dickhead Trump, uh, tweeted this. He says, "Liberal Hollywood is racist at the highest level and with great anger and hate. They like <clears throat> they like to call themselves elite. I don't know who the fuck calls them that, other than people who uh, people who are super like him. But they're not elite. In fact, it is often the people that uh, they so strongly oppose that are actually the elite. The movie's coming out. <clears throat> sorry, the movie coming out is made in order to inflame flame." And cause chaos. They create their own violence, and when they try to blame others, they are the true racists. What the fuck? And are very bad for our country. <laughs> so he's calling people in Hollywood racists, essentially against conservatives, is what he's getting at. Yeah, because being a Republican is uh-huh. a race. Yeah, to- totally. It's not a choice. Yeah, I know, totally. So, I mean, I don't. I mean, it's it's kind of um, it's kind of a bullshit thing that they pull the film because if you really think about it, it's gonna get released. Like, uh, remember that whole shit happened with the interview that came out that uh, the James Franco and Seth Rogen mm-hmm. film, and uh, because you know they the characters in the film they are essentially hired to kill like a Kim Jong a Kim Jong Un type character. But the movie got released anyway on Torrent and then popped up on Netflix like two weeks later. Yeah. Which made no sense. Um, <clears throat> another. I think if you're going to spend the money to make a movie like that, mm-hmm. you know the consequences are going to be. Mm-hmm. So go all the way or don't fucking do it at all. Yeah. Um, and, anyways, and anyways, yeah. making a film is a platform to be able to spew your views or whatever yeah anyway like yeah film's not political but it is political at the same time like Mm. so if you're gonna use film as a platform for you know satire about politics Mm. there's nothing wrong with that yeah i mean film i mean this is my opinion and i'm sure there's many others opinion film is like a use of the form of art and every form and art form of art is a type of expression or to uh, the artist who express himself. Every film, in my opinion, always has a message to it, whether it be don't do drugs, live a happy life, know yourself, what is reality, or don't go outside when it's dark. Don't go outside when it's dark. <laughs> or, or like, I don't know. Hey, maybe like, maybe it's just people trying to say our system is fucked. Like, for example, um, Sorry to bother you. Sorry to oh, sorry to bother. Is a great example, but like capitalism and shit like that, and how we are becoming drones in this like cog of, of a machine to like make rich people richer. Mm-hmm. That's a great example. Um, I can't believe I'm calling this. I can't believe I'm, I'm I'm putting this movie in there. It does make sense. Um, God, what's the name of those fucking horror fil- those thriller films? There's like six of them. Um, Saw. No, 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 no. The one where people hunting people for like twenty. Purge? The purge. The purge. That's that crossed my mind too. The mm. purge is like the hunt sounds like the purge. Yeah, a lot of people only are, with Democrats and Republicans attached. Yeah, like a lot of people are comparing the hunt to the purge because essentially it's like rich people hunting 
the 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 misfortunate, you know, the 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 poor and stuff like that. And the purge is like the same thing. I mean, it, I mean, in in the later sequels, it's later revealed that like this isn't a way to like keep society down. This one is just more on a almost on a smaller scale and a smaller group. Mm. It's kind of like the same thing. I mean, we had like there's like what four or five six purge movies or some shit like that. There's even like a series of pur- of a TV series of purge. They coming up on like third season. Yeah. Um, and that that is more republican esque you know mm-hmm. like one the tagline for like, i think the latest the latest one is make america great again clear message of who the fuck they're talking about yeah so it, it could have been bad timing oh, obviously it's bad timing but then again there are constantly shootings in america every fucking day now like the number of shootings actually outweighs the number of days this year alone mm-hmm so, I know that the I know that they were kind of like pushing back the promotion for the hunt. I don't think they should have canceled it at all. I think they should just kept going like "fuck it, we're gonna do it" because we have a message to say, or just, just fucking just do it. Yeah. Um, Universal did release a quote. Uh, the quote goes: uh, "While Universal Pictures had already pushed the marketing campaign for the hunt, and after thoughtful consideration, the studio has decided to cancel our plans to release the film. We stand by our filmmakers." And we'll continue to distribute films in partnership with both visionary creators like those associated with the satirical social thriller. But we understand that now is not the right time to release the film. <laughs> All I can do is shake my head. <laughs> That's the thing. The movie doesn't come out until like September 27th. I guarantee you it, it, it sucks that I it sucks that I do say this. But this this is the this is the American we live in now. I guarantee you. By September 27th, there's going to be at least five mass shootings going on. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it's going to come out. I think it was kind of a, it was kind of a bullshit move. I think they're really scared because of what Donald Trump said. But seriously, folks, don't ever listen to that, man. He is. I kind of don't have respect for Universal right now. Because they pulled that? Because they did that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you have all these people boycotting abortion bills and all that, and all these states, and then here's Universal. Who oh, I don't want to make uh, the Cheeto in Chief mad, so I won't release this movie. Yeah, I know. Um, I wonder who's being funded behind that. <laughs> uh, there, this is, of course, this is like a like I had pulled out um, the interview as an example. Uh, a couple other movies that have followed suit: uh, Order Schwarzenegger's terrorist thriller Collateral Damage. Sorry, Collateral Damage got delayed for four months. Mm-hmm. This is after 9/11. I I remember that getting delayed. Um, Spider-Man and Men in Black Two. Um, they had to edit out the World Trade Center uh, because those movies were coming out after the World Trade Center had fallen. Mm-hmm. So they actually cut those out. Um, and what else happened? Oh, of course they've. This has been known. They have. This has been known to happen. Uh, episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Hannibal, Friends, Castle, and Mr. Robot have had certain episodes pulled because of violent acts in the news. Mm. Um, there was an episode of Blackish where, if I remember correctly, um, there was like uh, an incident with one of the family members got in, almost got involved with a cop-related shooting that mirrored what happens to black people 
when they're just stopped for like for no fucking reason mm-hmm. they pulled that episode the showrunner king and bearish got pissed because he was like no i'm trying to make a statement yeah and then like a month later roseanne did an episode about like how ignorant they are how ignorant they are because the family next to them was muslim and they show that episode like whatever. And it was like, hey, we're ignorant, but you Muslims are all good people. It was like, it was showing how stupid people can be yeah. about that. And it was like, King and Bears was like, why the fuck you do that episode and can't, can't do my episode? That, that makes, that's bullshit. Yeah. So, I don't know. This is my opinion on it. I didn't know anything about any of that, but. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of shitty. It's like, it's all the same when you boil it down, so. Mm-hmm. Why are you going to choose one thing over the other? Because you know somebody is going to get hurt by it. If you're gonna, yeah. if you're gonna make choices, make it the same way all around. Either you don't air any of it, or you air all of it. Yeah, I mean, unless it's like complete classless or just yeah. like bullshit. Like, why the fuck are you do? Why the fuck you make this movie? This one, I, it's, it's it for one. It's a straight up satire. It look from what I've seen the trailers. It's a satire. Hmm. I don't. I maybe they think people are too stupid to tell that it's a satire. Um, I kind of <laughs> agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. I was like, no, no. There's a, there's a there's a small glimpse of hope. So. I mean, the people who listen to this podcast probably, you know, are smart enough to get it, but I don't think the average person. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's our opinion on what happened with Universal and the Hunt. I mean. I think it's going to get released. I'm sure, Kelsey, you think it's going to get released eventually, right? Yeah. Yeah, it'll probably pop up like on a torrent site somehow. Yeah. I don't doubt that. All right. So from there, we are going to jump into our review. Oh, my God. <laughs> of <laughs> Sorry, it's just so ridiculous we're doing this, but I love it anyway. We are doing Dora and the Lost City of Gold. You know the jungle. A part of you, but exploring is not a game, uh, and you don't look before you leap. No! I'm okay, Boots. We're on to something big, Dora. An ancient city made of gold, Parapata, and your mother and I are gonna prove it. And me. I'm sorry, sweetie, you're not going. What? Being in the city around kids your own age, like Diego, might help. So you're gonna get invited to some of these parties called rapes. The music sounds like this. Go get it! Be careful. That's what we want to say. All right, folks, that's Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Um, film directed by James Robin, the guy behind the Muppets and Muppets and <laughs> the Muppets Wanted, uh, written by Matthew Robinson and Nicholas Stoller. <laughs> Uh, film stars uh, Eva Longoria, Michael Peña, Isabel Moner, and Jeff Jeff Wahlberg. I'd say it like that. Is he really like a Wahlberg? I don't think so. He doesn't look like a Wahlberg. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. But I'm like, <laughs> dang. Maybe they adopted him or something. I know. Also, who's in it is Benicio del Toro as Swiper, <laughs> and the hero of the hour, Danny Trejo as Boots. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you listen to the Real Film Podcast. Let's go ahead and talk about Dora, uh, the Lost City, and the Lost City of Gold before we hit the spoilers. Kelsey, what did you think of this movie? It was everything I wanted it to be. 
Look, this is why I pushed that we should do this. Uh, we should do this opposite of Danny Trejo movie. I do. I, I, I remember when you told me your idea, I was just like, all right, let's do it. Let's just do it. And then you're like, are you serious? <laughs> like, I kind of want to do it. So don't, don't go back on your word. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you so you enjoyed the movie, right? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, what did you like about it? Without going into spoilers. Uh, I think the humor was great. Mm-hmm. I love how they did uh, Dora, how they portrayed her. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, absolutely. I I had to second that. I love how she, I I was it Elizabeth Elizabeth sorry Isabel Monair Monair Isabella Isabella sorry Isabella Monair who played Dora. She got that character like spot on. Yeah. Like that is like what Dora would Even be like. Even like with the voice. Yeah, straight up. Like, and the, the, like, the expressions she made with her face, mm. all like wide eye and smiles and shit like that. <laughs> was great. Um, <laughs> I think Swiper was pretty good, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I think the, the good thing about him was that it was Benicio Del Toro. That was... But I'm like, I don't, I didn't get a feeling of him like I did from the cartoon. Yeah, um, I do. I actually do like the fact that Swiper is not like a huge, like they didn't make Swiper the main villain. Yeah. Because um, Swiper, of course, you know, you and I have kids. So we've, we've watched Dora the Explorer with our kids. So we kind of get an idea of what's going on. Well, mm-hmm. we have to. <laughs> Um, and Swiper's not really even in it too much in the cartoon. It's just a c- couple of like Swiper, no Swipey. Scenes. Yeah. Um, I completely forgot it was Benicio Del Toro until we're like in the third act for the film yeah. when he's like walking and like you hear his voice and I was like is that? and I popped up my phone I was like holy shit it's Benicio Del Toro <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually really liked Michael Pena in this one that dude's a great actor I really like seeing him in in movies like seeing him in Narcos and then oh yeah that's right like he's one of those actors that you don't take him seriously because he's mm. so good at playing the heel. Mm-hmm. And then when you see him in a role where he's like, and this role isn't like super serious, but oh, he's yeah. definitely a dad. Oh yeah, absolutely. So like he's, you see him and he's not just some blubbering idiot, like an ant man, even though he's great in that one. Like I love him, but yeah, he's like, he's a little, he reeled back a little bit and was like an mm. actual, like, yeah. yeah and then you're like oh shit there's times where i don't take this guy seriously like what's wrong with me he's great like yeah yeah there are moments where he plays like he really there are moments where he hams it up like there's this really stupid scene it well <laughs> i thought it was stupid but i mean hindsight is it was pretty funny where like he describes the music of a rave with the whole sound effects and everything and at one point, I was just like, my God, this is so... Why am I watching this? And at the end, I was like, that's pretty funny. That's, <laughs> that's something I would do to, to my kid. Um, what did you think... Okay, so you like the girl who played Dora. What, what did you think about the kid who played... Um, the kid who played Diego, uh, Jeff Wahlberg? Um, I wasn't sold on that. Mm. I Like... <sighs> Diego is... I'm sure if you watch Dora, then you watch Diego. Mm -hmm. They're very similar. Yeah. So why are you going to keep Dora? I know she's like the namesake of the film. Mm -hmm. 
But then you make Diego move away and he turns into like this teenager that's like, you know, oh, you're my cousin and I'm embarrassed of you. I don't I that's the thing. I think he really sold it like that because that's I mean, that's like what that's what somebody that's what I would have acted like if I if if I moved to the city and I would just well, I would have just been like, wow, my cousin's really weird, even though like I was weird with my cousin as well. Yeah, well, I get that, but I'm saying it doesn't go with what D- Dora and Diego were about that mm. we know. So yeah, okay. it's, you know, like I would have loved to see, I mean, yeah, they were together, but he didn't even look like Diego when he got older. I think that was the point, though. Like Dora's, Dora is still, her, her look is still in the jungle. But she's not, like, in a realistic look. Yeah. And like, she just stayed the same and he changed. Yeah, yeah. Like, she, her growth was stunt, stunted I'm, or something like that. Yeah, I get that. But mm-hmm. if you're going to ask me would I just think about him standalone, mm-hmm. like, no. no but no. do I think that maybe that lends to the film? Mm-hmm. And especially in that capacity where she doesn't change and he does, and yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Totally, totally. Okay, so... Um, Kelsey and I really want to get into the spoiler section because we just want to talk about like this. Kelsey, you say the funniest thing. I'll say the stupidest things, but I'm still meaning funniest things. <laughs> so uh, if you guys want to jump ahead and, uh, you know, not get in the spoiler section, we're going to give you a little warning. And this is it right now. Okay, so we're in the spoiler section. So, what did you like? What do you really like about this film? Kelsey's all smiles about it. She's like, yes! <laughs> the thing that everyone likes to make fun of as adults about mm-hmm. Dora is the fact that this child would never be able to go on all these adventures through the woods. So either her parents didn't give a fuck about her mm-hmm. or she's mentally ill. Yes, they, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I see that on Facebook sometimes. And, like, one of the first things you see is they're having dinner at the table. <laughs> the dinner scene. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know, they're, you know, it's just Dora and her mom and her dad. And, and they're, Diego. and Diego. Yeah. And they're like, oh, how do you like dinner? And she's like, delicioso. Can you say delicioso? And then they're like, who is she talking yeah, to? Yeah, she looks like straight. She breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, and she's looking straight, straight at the camera. camera. <laughs> and then Michael Pena goes, Deliciosa. Like, yeah, and turns around like, who's watching? <laughs> 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 yeah, I, 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 I kind of, I was kind of hoping that they would still go into that. Like in the further into the movie, like she would keep doing that. Mm. And people would be keep going, who are you talking to? Unfortunately, they never, they never passed that one joke. Um, I think they were trying to pace it because mm. it becomes less funny if you keep doing it. And they had enough things going on that mm, she was doing to okay. keep it going. Yeah. Like her, like her, like over, over enthusiastic attitude to like meet everybody she meets. <laughs> like, w- like eventually what happens is that her parents, her parents is, I, 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 I like that they actually had her parents play a crucial role in the movie. 
as her parents are explorers, they want to go find they want to go find the MacGuffin of the film. And they send her off in the <laughs> they send her off in the city to go live with Diego and his family. And it's 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 a <laughs> I was cracking up. It's Silver Lake, which is like a predominantly like Latino community, which I was just like, Silver Lake, totally. Of course, they live in Silver Lake. And she's just like out of her element, but she doesn't know she's out of her element. Well, she does. She actually says later, like, I know I don't fit in here. Yeah, that's later on. But like they, they played up for laughs oh, about yeah. her just being like, hi, hi, I'm Dora. Hi, hola. Me, I'm Dora. Soy Dora. Yeah, me, I'm Dora. Like over and over again. And there was one part I thought was hilarious where um, the kids are going to the high school and they have to cross the metal detector and her, and it goes off on her and they, they crack open her backpack and she has like all this survival gear that she would never need in the city. She has like a med, a med kit, tent. A fucking trowel. A trowel. Did she have like a flare gun or some shit like he, that? She had flares, not a flare gun, yeah. but he broke the cap off and he's like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> that part I was like... I, I I was I was really getting into it because it was like okay this is like it's wacky but not too wacky. But then you could see all the other kids waiting because it's like the only metal detector, mm-hmm. and they're all getting pissed because they're like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> and of course Diego's like, "I don't know you. You're my cousin, but I don't know you. Don't talk to me, please." <laughs> totally, that's that's totally a high school life. Yeah. Um, so eventually, like they go on this adventure. Which I really got sucked in when they, they did that. Because her family disappears. And, like, apparently there's, like, this group that's trying to find the treasure before her family does. And it's so funny how, like, everybody in the school, like, her cousin, like, Diego and, like, the friends that she's made, they're like, you're from the jungle, girl, you're crazy, whatever. Which I do like the fact that she is super smart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love the fact that she is super smart. And this movie is like, what's it called? Unapologetically a Latino film. Oh, yeah. That's, I love that. Yeah, and it's not even just like, it's not like we have like Latinos in the film. It's like, no, Latino culture. This is like Latino lifestyle. This is like like, Latin America. They don't just speak English. They'll do subtitles every once in a while Mm -hmm. with someone speaking, you know, Spanish. Spanish, Or even uh, Inca. Yeah, they'll do Inca, they'll do like Spanglish and stuff like that, which I absolutely love. Like mm-hmm. they'll just they'll, and they make it feel like you're like really following like a Latin uh family. Yeah, like a family, not just Latin people who are together and call themselves family. Like Yeah. You get sucked in by like if you've been around Latin people, you know what family actually means to them. Yeah, like they um they had Dora's grandmother in it. Um was she in the cartoon? I feel like she yeah, was. Yeah, she did. She's the one who uh, spoke about the chocolate tree. Oh, I that's fucking right. Love, that was like one of my favorites. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, like Dora's grandma is in it. I was like, okay, cool. Like they're and not only like not only did they be like, oh, there's Dora, Diego, and then Swiper and Boots. They're like, but, no, like not it? once did the grandma say pate pate chocolate. <laughs> that's right. She didn't say it at all. <laughs> Yeah, like she was like a real grandmother, you know, a real yeah. grandmother who lives in the city. And but it was it totally worked within the film. Um and then they introduced like these bad guys, which norm I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of like kids' films because it's just gets so cheesy and corny. Mm-hmm. But like they didn't make the bad guys cheesy or super corny. They made them like a real threat. 
Yeah. Which but I'm, not like a scary, scary threat, but like <laughs> intimidating. Yeah. And the, the, uh, what once you realize like swipers with those bad guys, I was like, all right. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're sucking me in more. I'm starting <laughs> to like it more. Um, they do the whole swiper, no swipey. Did she say swiper, no swipey? Yeah, she did. Yeah, she says swiper, no swipey. Um, oh, you know what's one thing that I think is maybe a little bit of a deviant? Hmm. A deviation, not a deviant. A deviation <laughs> from. The- <laughs> oh, who, oh who, who's a deviant in this movie? Tell me. Um, probably Sammy. Yeah, she was annoying. Well, I was making a joke. Oh, okay. The, oh. De- the deviation. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> the deviation is that in Dora's world in the cartoon, mm-hmm. she's number one, and everybody supports her. Oh, yeah. And then, like, in the beginning of the film, when her family, like, they live in the jungle because they're looking for the the lost gold, Mm. and the city's name is Parapata. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we're going to go. We think we found it. She gets so excited. Dora's like, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, but we're going to go without you because you're not ready. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where like in Dora, they wouldn't even be going without her. Like Yeah, they give her the map. They <laughs> Yeah, like go get, go find Parapata. Yeah, she would have the map and like that be it. <laughs> um Yeah, so like they get kidnapped and they get rescued by this guy whose name is Alejandro, uh played by uh Eugene De, uh De, Derbe, Derbez? Oh sorry, Eugenio Derbez. Did I say that right? Eugenio. Sorry, Eugenio from a white woman. <laughs> Eugenio de Bears. Derbez. From a white woman. Um, I liked that character, Alejandro, because he was silly as shit. And he played that character so damn well. I don't know if they did it on purpose, but I think Dora was like, Alejandro, Alejandro. And I'm like, fucking Lady Gaga. <laughs> the Alejandro song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this, this Alejandro character rescues them and they have to like, she has to go find her parents and she, it's weird cause she's like, nobody can track my parents better than me. But all she like uses is like follows like O's or something like that. And like even the beginning, the way how they find the trail to begin with, it gets kind of weird cause they don't explain exactly how they found where to start. I think that you have to be smart enough to realize that they called her and told her where she was every time. No. And she had the coordinates. Oh, yeah. The, the last the last time. Oh, they, yeah. So she was Do tracking we... them. So she knew the last place. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm the idiot. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so as like they're going through. So it's Dora, Alejandro, uh, Diego. This character uh, played by uh, Madeline uh, Madden, who plays uh, Sammy. And uh, Nicholas, uh, was it Comb? Comb? Comb. Uh, Comb, sorry, who plays Randy. All right, those two characters, they, I don't know. I was just kind of like, I, I they guess. They could have been anybody. Yeah, they could have been anybody. The, the Sammy character comes off really annoying. I under, they She later becomes a love interest to Diego, which I was not feeling at all. No. Um, and then the, the, the Randy character, I... Uh, <laughs> His um, hair was annoying. It reminded me of the snotty little fucking middle schoolers that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, that hairstyle will not fucking die. <laughs> Damn. You also get that, all that hate for that hairstyle. It sucks. <laughs> I honestly think the reason why this kid was in the movie, and this is going to sound kind of racist, but fuck it, is because he was white. 
I think they were like, you got to get a white person in that movie. Oh, he's a token white guy? Seriously. <laughs> and like, I, no lie, no lie. I've heard this I've heard this done before in other films where the cast is uh, mainly minorities. Uh, perfect example is the movie The Farewell, which uh, features an all Asian cast. Ca- cash. All Asian cast. And the, I believe the director or the writer did an interview. And she said that... Um, the financiers or the producers of the the movie, they were like, you got to put a white guy in that movie. And she was like, why? There's no point a white guy should be in this movie at all. Mm. And there is no white guy. And then um, for the film Crazy Rich, Eight, Crazy Rich Asians, mm-hmm. same thing. They wanted the lead to be a white woman, even though the story is about an Asian American woman. Yeah, that's how that's fucked up Hollywood is. I mean, you know. No one can beat ScarJo. Yeah, ScarJo, she'll play. They put it put. They should have put her in this movie. Oh my god, (laughs) she should have played Dora. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I would love that. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, those characters. I mean, the Sammy character, I guess, but the Randy character, I was just like, what? Who are you? Why are you fucking here? Yeah. Um. So they go through like a series of like these like journeys and trips and like discoveries and stuff like that they eventually find the parents um oh i for- <laughs> so there's a part in the movie where i threw my i didn't throw my hands in the air but i was just like fuck it i'm i'm fully in this movie is when um dora has a if you guys have seen a dora the explorer cartoon she makes a song out of everything mm-hmm. in this movie she made a song about pooping <laughs> <laughs> not just pooping Digging a poop hole. Digging a poop hole. The character Sammy has to poop. She hasn't pooped at all. In 48 hours, 48 she said. hours. In 48 hours. So she has to poop. So Dora goes... <laughs> Dora, Dora pulls a, sh- a shovel, a mini shovel out of her backpack. A, yeah, a trowel. Because it's like our... Like we used to call it a K-bar, I think, in the yeah. military. It's a foldable shovel. Yeah, but she calls it her poop shovel. <laughs> and she digs a poop She digs a poop hole. <laughs> it's like your face on that. She digs a poop hole. And uh, Sammy poops. No, she's like, it's songs always make everything feel, be- you know, everything better. And then she's singing the song and Sammy's like, no more songs. No more song, right. And she even like started humming the song a little bit. And <laughs> they came back to her while she's pooping. Um, that part, I was just like, fuck, I'm really liking this movie now. It's so <laughs> stupid. Um, and of course, she's still taking a shit when they're like running by her. And the thing that you could not get over in the entire rest of the film she didn't wipe. <laughs> she didn't wipe. Shouldn't have time to. I get that. I get that. You're fleeing for your life. You don't have time to wipe. But when you have a moment of pause, which they did, could have wiped. She didn't wipe. There's no point after that. It's... What do you mean it's no point? It's already all over your clothes. So, like, dip your pants in the, in the water and, like, wipe your back, you filthy animal <laughs> jesus i don't care man. like oh i shit my pants oh there's something rinse these pants off real quick or dust it off or something throw some dirt on it <laughs> use it as a weapon against the bad guys <laughs> chasing you <laughs> oh look yeah. she's using a flag of you know um oh, surrender, surrender. Yeah. oh what's that smell oh no run I know. oh my god it's shit pants run that's the ultimate weapon shit pants yeah shit pants the ultimate weapon um one thing I one thing I was cracking. You and I were both cracking up at this at a certain point where Dora, Diego, and Alejandro they get they are they have to go through like this area where these huge flowers, 
and when the and when the fl- like and when the flowers when they touch the flower the pollen pops all over the place mm-hmm. they inhale it and they start hallucinating and right there it turns into the door of the explorer cartoon <laughs> no and wait but leading up to this mm-hmm. we knew danny trejo was going to be boots oh yeah yeah but no 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 that that happened after the pollen but all the way up until this point we're doing like is this going to be the moment nope mm-hmm. is this going to be the moment nope and he still did not talk when yeah. at this point where you would expect that he would talk yeah exactly like danny trejo is in this movie and like the entire time, Boots is making monkey noises, and I'm thinking it's like the Guardians of the Galaxy scenario where it's Vin Diesel does Groot, but it's he just says, I am Groot. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, oh, it's Danny, De- Danny Trejo, just like, whatever, with the monkey noises. <laughs> and I even like started thinking, I was like, wait, is, is Danny Trejo? Like, I started doubting myself. And then yeah, it later, and I was like, what is, in what capacity, like, did he do like, um, what's that? cap mocap or some shit oh, <laughs> daddy trejo doing a mocap work <laughs> i would like to see that i wanted that i wanted that actually yeah wearing like the suit with the balls on him and stuff like that yeah. that'd have been hilarious uh so yeah like they like they start hallucinating it turns in, it literally turns into the door of the explorer cartoon and they're seeing each other like oh my god you're a cartoon i was just like yes <laughs> they're taking it in like they're doing the whole cartoon thing yeah, and, I, and actually, just before that, I was like, man, we're not going to get to see Benny the Bull or, like or the, Issa the Iguana. Yeah, or the stars that, I forgot what they're called, the stars that fly around. There's like three of them that are together, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you do see. There's more than three. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, you do see. Uh, a reference. Yeah, you see a reference. You do see, oops, sorry. You do see at the be- very beginning of the movie, there's a part where like Dora and her, and Diego are like in the imagination land as kids and like the map actually comes out and like the backpack starts singing um and then it like jumps into reality i was like oh that's it well then she kind of there is a throwback to the star thing when there's the dance oh wait which dance the high school dance or she's like oh yeah that's right she does the favorite her favorite star is the sun but you know it's like oh kind of like a throwback yeah, I didn't even see that or didn't notice that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so, uh, Dora, Dora, Diego, and uh, Sammy, Sammy, and Randy, they find, and Alejandro, they find the parents. Come to find out, Alejandro has been playing them all. Like, he's the bad guy. I do like that switch up because Alejandro was like this really bubbling idiot who was like constantly scared. He almost died in quicksand. And then he. <laughs> He cried. Oh, the cry and, scene. And like, he didn't stop crying. And then it got awkward. And then he was sobbing. Yeah. And the kids and are the like. And the kids are like, uh, I, don't, I can't look at him when he cries. Like, yeah. he's an adult. This is weird. Yeah. And then, like, Dora, like, pats him by the shoulder, like, it's okay. It's yeah. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> so Alejandro's the bad guy. Um, and he pretty much makes Dora and her family. Uh, find where like the 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 treasure like the paratata is at or something para like pata. that yeah paratata how do you say para 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 pata para pata yeah there you go paratata <laughs> okay <Ba-ram-pa-pum-pum. laughs> and um <laughs> okay so here's the part that Kelsey and I are really looking forward to talking about <laughs> they are 
they are being taken to this. They they're being taken where the the village is or the but they need to go. Uh, eventually, everybody escapes. Like they boots comes in, unties them, swings along, whatever, and they get away. As they're running, um, it's Dora and Boots, and Dora's like sitting there talking to Boots, saying like. You know, and she's having this realization that like, oh, this shit is real. Like, my parents are going to die. Like, we are going to die. You know, if, if I can't help them, you know, all, all hope is lost. And Boots is just like staring at Dora, right? Like, really, like, quizzically, like, you're a fucking crazy human talking to me. I have no idea what you're saying. Yeah, and it was weird how they did it. It was like, Dora, Boots, Dora, Boots, Dora, and then Boots. And then Dora's just like crying. And fucking Danny Trejo starts talking. <laughs> <laughs> Boots is like, hey, Dora. In his whole Danny Trejo voice, like, you can do this. You know, all this shit, right? And you and I are like, oh, my God, there's Danny Trejo. <laughs> and it's like, it, 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 it was like, okay, if they did do mocap, Danny Trejo had to physically be there to tell Dora that. Yeah. Like, he had to like, or if not, if he had no mocap. And it, it was like all CGI monkey and shit like that. I bet you they flew, they flew Danny Trejo and it was like, you're going to do this, like this one scene, <laughs> like facing door. <laughs> and it's totally weird because you, it's, it's Danny yeah. Trejo coming from a monkey. Well, it's weird because his face switches. So he's like really wide eyed and innocent mm-hmm. and like he even has his head cocked to the side a little bit yeah. looking at her. Like, why, why'd you stop? Mm. And all of a sudden, it's like his eye, like like a soul fills his eyes or something. Like, yeah, like all of a sudden, shift. he's yeah. not vacant anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's actually like someone's there. Yeah. There's Danny Trejo, okay? Yeah. And then Dora is like, her jaw is like a gate. Just like, huh? Like, oh my God, you really can talk. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and like... um. Because prior during the movie, she would make these monkey noises, and you would think, like, oh, that's how she's trying to communicate with Boots, but Boots is probably just never, doesn't understand what the fuck she's saying. And at that moment, Boots talks to her, and we're just like, holy shit. And then, like, that scene ends, and then, like, all the kids come, and she's like, you guys hear him? Like, Boots talk, Boots talk. And then one of them goes, Dora, you're just talking to a monkey. That's, what What are you doing? <laughs> and then Boots is like, and it's like, flies away, or hops away and like that's it yeah, i mean he doesn't sound like a gremlin like mark he don't, sounds like a monkey I don't, but know, I don't know how to make monkey noises <laughs> ah, forget it <laughs> uh yeah and um so here they go they get they get to the place and there's like a series of traps that are puzzles that they have to solve which is kind well, of it's so funny because a little bit earlier in the film they get to one spot and mm. they talk about jungle puzzles like in the movies, and it mm-hmm. turns out it really, they're like, oh, this is not a jungle puzzle. And it really was a jungle puzzle. And it jungle. was one, and then now they're going to do another jungle puzzle. Yeah. You know what? We were talking about, like, the, st- like the stars aren't in the, mo- are in the movie. I think the, the couple scenes that they had to solve a puzzle with the stars. Yeah. I think that maybe that was the reference to the stars, because then she used stars to kind of, like, figure out stuff. They all had their little superpowers. So, mm. like, one of them was, like, soap, and it would help clean something. Oh, or okay. one of them was, like, like really bright, so it would be, like, her flashlight. Or, oh, okay. you know, something like that. Maybe, maybe that maybe that might have been it. Because they use the stars at one point to figure out where they're at or where they have to go. And at another point, they use the stars to, like, solve a puzzle. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe that's it. 
Yeah. Data stars reference. I mean, this, these are the answers we need to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, they solve this puzzle. Um, the puzzle. <laughs> they solve the puzzles, and it takes a little while for them to kind of like. I don't know. I think at this point, I kind of felt like the movie was kind of really dragging. Yeah, it was starting to get to a point like they've been in the jungle for a while now, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, they had some funny points, but you just kind of want them to get to where they're going now. Yeah, yeah. So they solve the puzzle, and after they solve the puzzle, it's, this doesn't make any sense, but it's a kids' cartoon. I'm a kids' movie, so you know, fuck logic. Um, they solve the puzzle, and then almost immediately, the back Alejandro's there. Like, haha! Thanks for helping me get inside. Oh yeah, because. <laughs> They went through like this temple and they tripped like they tripped some of the bad things that happened the traps like the and traps stuff. and stuff mm-hmm. and bad things that happened. <laughs> they tripped bad <laughs> things that happened. <laughs> Makes complete sense. <laughs> like this movie. <laughs> um my brain is dying from the heat. Okay, so the w- the door closes behind them. It's a big stone door. Mm-hmm. And there's no way anyone can get through that. Yeah, but, but then he, all of a sudden here's Alejandro. Oh, thanks for getting through the mm-hmm. hard stuff for me. And it's like, no. Yeah, and it's and it's not like it's not like he snuck in. Like the door closed right away, and there's no way he could have got in. Like when they were inside. Yeah, because they kind of broke the way in. Yeah. So I mean that happens, and the whole mystery of what they're trying to find. Like there's like this one big puzzle that remind me a lot of Indiana Jones and Last Crusade, where. Um, there's all this treasure and they have to pick the right one and Alejandro picks the wrong one at one point and he almost dies which yeah. reminds me a lot of in Angel's did you see Last Crusade? I don't know probably not that's the one where they actually like hunt down the Holy Grail uh, maybe I did see that one you probably have so to refresh everybody's memory who hasn't seen it you know one, one the bad guy gets inside the tomb grabs the cup thinks like this is the cup of Jesus Christ drinks it and it like he like ages rapidly and dies so they kind of did the same thing where there's like the statue of a, of a like their monkey god or something like that or is it a monkey god i i don't it had a name but i mean yeah yeah and he has to like make so he makes a decision to like put a coin in this monkey this golden monkey statue and he's like obviously this golden monkey wants more gold yeah, <laughs> and he almost dies. And Dora figures, Dora, it's same thing. Dora figures out, figures it out. She's like, "Oh no, he wants water." And then, yeah, because water is life, not gold. Yeah, well, says you. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing we felt to mention is there's an old lady that the kids bump into that kind of shows them how to get to where they have to go. Mm-hmm. And when she shows up, she transforms into like a goddess or something like that. Yeah, which. When that when that whole transformation happened, I was like, "Wow, we got this whole supernatural shit going on." Fuck yeah! <laughs> like Dora like, is like that though. In the cartoon, yeah. But this this one, there there was no inkling of supernatural. It was just like we got to hunt this treasure down. Yeah, I guess. Which, in a way, it's like Indiana Jones, where there it's all realistic, and then at the end, there's some supernatural element that pops up. Because mythology is kind of supernaturally. Yeah, and especially when you think about the ancient in- Incas and everything, like, yeah. they're, they're always into, like, magic and shit. Yeah, that's true. Um, and they are show for, for Dora getting the correct answer, or some of the problems correctly, they are shown, like, they, okay, this kind of bothered me. <clears throat> this, these doors open, and you see, like, this bright light shining through, and it's supposed to be, like, this giant gold statue. 
Um, but for a while, you don't see it. Mm-hmm. And I really thought they just weren't going to show it, which I thought would have been a whole lot better. Because they would just left audience members just to imagine how, what they would have saw. It, it must have been beautiful if they didn't show it. But they end up showing it. I don't know. I don't think it took away. I think that's the thing. I, I think it did. Cause they made it seem like they made it seem like the whole they made it seem like a city, the city was made out of gold or some shit like they that. They did show a lot of gold in the city though, like things. The buildings had gold in them, like they were built. Mm. Okay. So but I it prefer- wasn't just a big gold monkey, like. Well, that's it. Prefer- it was like the gates of the actual city open, and you could see like things were reflective that there was gold all over. Uh, I just really. Yeah, not the whole city, but uh. like. You could see it reflecting oh, back, yeah, like gotcha, in the yeah. buildings, and well, that's the thing. I I thought that if I thought if they just kept it the reflection the reflection back, I think that would have been better. I I think that's how. In my opinion, I thought that's how that that would have been a whole lot better if they did it like that. I don't because it, so the reason why though is because if if they were just alluding to the fact that they only had gold in that immediate spot, mm-hmm. which wouldn't make sense because Parapata is a city. No, that's what I'm saying. Like I I feel like it would have. But if they showed the expanse of the city, and then it kind of opens your mind to, oh, oh, it's not just this, like, property. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, I, what I didn't understand then is that right at that point, they show that, and, and like, the goddess finally, you know, she, she trusts them. They just want to learn. They're not mm-hmm. treasure hunters. They, she shows them the city, and then all of a sudden, there's Swiper stealing the fucking monkey, the little one, the one that you had to was the test. Oh yeah, yeah. And he takes off with it, and he's like, "Ha ha! I grabbed it, even though I'm probably gonna die because everything's crumbling around me." But hey, nee, 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 I got yeah, the fucking and statue. And it's super heavy, so he's not really getting far anywhere fast. Yeah, and then what ends up happening is that. Dora ends up with the fucking statue and puts it on this one spot mm-hmm. that she's like, oh, this looks like a good spot. And the wall sinks down a little bit and then the whole build, the whole city rebuilds itself mm-hmm. after it was just crumbling. And it's like, okay, so now I'm in my mind, how are you going to get it to its original spot so looters can't get it because now it's outside of the protection? Okay, I took it as... I took it as when the walls were crumbling and everything was crumbling down, the 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 puzzle room and everything that that was before leading to where that gold statue was like down and gone, and then when when she replaced it, she was able to step back without going through all the puzzles again and then put it back where it originally was and the walls would go back up. To me, it just looked like she was continuing on her way out of the temple. Yeah, because she didn't really get that far. Like she was like, "Oh, I gotta go back here," and she took like ten steps, boom, and put it back. Wow. Well, no, because it seems like Swiper got further away than that. Yeah, yeah. And she had to get it from him, so mm. she didn't go back through the entire temple. I know that's what I'm saying. Like, I think they were trying to say that she put it back in its original place, but the way how they shot it, they it was it 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 was the exact opposite. Mm. That's why it's it, in other words, it was kind of poor direction. <laughs> got it. Um, so yeah, the city comes back to get. With, they never alluded to that at all. That if you take the gold away, like the city crumbles, which Indiana Jones and Last Crusade, they took the fucking the Holy Grail, the city crumbles. Yeah, but it's not like that's not an original idea, not even to Indiana Jones. I know, but Indiana Jones did it cooler. 
You would say that. Well, I mean, everybody would say that because it's Indiana Jones. No. Okay. Probably not. You know, Shia LaBeouf has to be. (laughs) We do not talk about that movie. It does not exist. Jesus. It's not canon. Yeah, it's not canon. Oh, I hope it's not canon. Um, So, yeah. Then, like, they come back and the family's all happy. Um, uh, Dora's parents are like, hey, we're going to another adventure. Come with us. And Dora's like, no, I want to stay in the city because I want to, like, I want to be a teenager now. Which I like. I like the fact that she was like, I want to be a teenager. Yeah. Um, That's when Michael P- <laughs> Even Longoria and Michael Pena, they're like, okay, go ahead. You know, be with your friends. And, like, they start, like, contr- they start sobbing uncontrollably. <laughs> but they're all like, we're so happy yeah. for her. Yeah, Michael Pena, Michael Pena was like, <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> that shit was hilarious. Um, and then she, they end up back at the school and comes like the big musical number yeah it's like a flash mob yeah it's a flash mob and it's i i liked it it, it yeah, straight it, reminded it me wasn't of the- shrek it was like <laughs> you mean there's no smash mouth no um it actually was really good like the choreography was interesting and mm. fun and upbeat i almost wouldn't want would want the, 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 the. <laughs> i almost would want to say <laughs> go on high school musical yeah, I can totally see that. You know, yeah. where it's just like, you know, really happy kids. Like, yeah. you know. They start getting, like, they start having, like, color sticks, like, these color foam tubes or something. They start yeah. dancing around. It was really cool. And, like, they even, like, they even were, like, cut to, like, the fa- the mom and dad dancing or singing. And Swiper tries to swipe the gold statue that apparently they got again. This <laughs> didn't make any sense. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, like, they show weapons to the bad guy. He, he he's, he's in prison at the... At the what's it called? Parapata. 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 He's like stuck there forever, um, and like that's it. Like the movie ends. By the time the movie ended, I was like, oh, I enjoyed. It. I actually really did enjoy that movie. Yeah. I know, because um, we, it wasn't just Kelsey and myself. Kelsey took her little girl to watch this movie. Yeah, my creep. I call her creepy. Yeah, and you were just. She was just like invested <laughs> in this movie. No wide eye sit up straight i love taking her to watch certain things like i when i took her to see um infinity war mm-hmm. she cried mm. and she should. did not want to go watch she was like hesitant to watch endgame because she didn't want to cry again mm-hmm. but she really liked that movie thank god but there, she just is really hesitant to watch things because like, I'll see her watching something and she's like sitting really straight and her eyes are really big and she's just like not moving. She's like a stick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw I was just like, whoa. Is that what I look like when I watch movies intensely? Shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I... <laughs> I was at the first I was like, why are we watching this? But 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 by then I was like, I liked it. It was silly. It knew what it wanted to be and it was actually good. Yeah. I, I like that it just wasn't it wasn't only the Dora that you remember that you hated. Mm-hmm. It was what would Dora be like in our world? Yeah. That's what I think made it good. Yeah, and not like not like made fun out of it like in poor taste. Like she was able to even I mean admit- she got made fun of, but it wasn't like it wasn't like malicious. at her expense the whole entire movie yeah and it, like like you said earlier she even got to the point where she was like look i know i'm weird like don't you think i notice these things but she's like but i have to be me like this is just who i am and i was just like yes 
yes, I like that. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mark is weird and no one wants to be like him. Yeah, I know. There's only one me. Let's keep that going. Thank God. <laughs> well, there's my <laughs> oh, kid. Oh, shit. <laughs> She's like, fuck, Mark has a kid. Shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I enjoyed it. Kelsey, you enjoyed it, right? Thor. Loved it. Loved it. Um, if you just want to just watch a silly movie, yeah, probably just go watch it. If you have a kid, nephew, niece, whatever, who used to watch Dora, they'll love it themselves. If you ever watched it and you had to watch, like, babysit anyone, mm-hmm. and you don't have any kids to go with you now because you hate kids after babysitting all those years, mm-hmm. go watch it by yourself. Go watch it by yourself. Be wary because there will be kids there. We had two kids there. Or three. Yeah. Like two. Yeah, in the audience. It was mostly adults. Yeah, which is like the weird thing. Yeah, it was like my kid and some random boy up at the top. Like screaming his head off and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think because he was like totally into it. Like, I know that. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's a review of uh, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. And from there, we are going to jump into kind of another topic again. Or we're going to kind of. We're going to dissect. We're going to dissect something. Uh, This year, the item we're going to dissect, not a frog, is uh, Dora. I'm sorry, Dora. My bad. Is um, the Nickelodeon cartoon Rocko's Modern Life uh, Static Cling. Um, It premiered on Netflix uh, just this past Friday. Uh, Kelsey and I watched it. Uh, I love Rocko's Modern Life. Kelsey loved Rocko's Modern Life growing up. Um, I had a Rockwell's Modern Life t-shirt that was like a kid-sized medium and wore it through high school. <laughs> it was small. It was tight. But I fucking love that shirt. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do is we're going to... Rockwell's Modern Life was like a way ahead of its time. And if you mm. really think about it now, there was a lot of adult jokes. But there was like 10 messages in there that you didn't... If you're at a young age, you didn't fully understand it. But now you think about it, like, oh, this episode was about, um, like, who's your real father? You know, this episode's about love. This episode's about uh, your children. It was, like, a really deep show. Mm, Yeah. So, Kelsey, what did you think? What what do you think was the whole thing about Static Cling? Uh, I think Static Cling is in the name. Static Cling. Like, we're clinging to Static all the time. It's like white noise with... You know, all the technology and, oh, we got a new phone out, a new phone version, a new one, like every mm. s- six months or so. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with these people or characters who are not used to the technology, you know, of now. Yeah. And they're from the 90s and all of a sudden it's like this whole new technological world. It's, um, it's, it's different. It's different. Mm. And so... Yeah. While everyone's doing their usual thing with all the electronics and stuff, mm. it also kind of has to do with um, how well you handle change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> fucking winds of change. <laughs> uh, I Let me give you guys a heads up. Um, we're just going to go ahead and start spoiling the cartoon. So if you haven't watched it, you want to jump ahead, go ahead, maybe jump ahead, maybe 10, 15 minutes, and we'll probably be done. If or, not... You know, we'll we'll put the time stamp yeah we'll put a time stamp on it um actually yeah we'll put a time stamp with the episode when i mean sorry when we started the segment but let's just go ahead and start talking about um certain parts of it um i do fully agree with you about the whole change thing um the whole the static cling though i think it i 
I think it's a bit different because you're saying we're holding on to white noise. I feel like we're hold cling because cling cling has been known as a word to be very negative. Like you're too clingy, you're holding on too tight to something you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. I feel static cling is a reference in like you're holding on to like your old television shows, your old television programs too tight, and you need to let it go. And that's how they were kind of doing because even Rocco, Mr. Fat, uh, Mr. Mrs. Fathead, yeah, the Fatheads, yeah, because Rocco, because uh, the show, the program starts where Rocco, Heifer, and Filbert are in space. It actually takes place. I didn't know this until I had to like look up, look it up. Um, it actually takes place uh, after the episode Future Schlock, which um, which explains the rocket. Mm-hmm. Um, Seventeen years have passed. They come to the, they get to the planet. Heifer and Filbert have already accepted change. Um, Rocco finds out that the fatheads are no more. Like the cartoon's gone, and he has like a freak out, mm. and he wants the fatheads to come back. Well, it's almost like he had PTSD because yeah. that's all he could watch when he was in space. Mm-hmm. And even though he doesn't have to rely on that anymore, it's still kind of all he wants. So yeah. it's like his comfort. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like, no, I got to watch that show. That's the only thing I can watch. Yeah, which is true to like so many people because they'll watch old stuff that made them feel good growing up just to make them feel good now. Yeah. For example, like Friends and The Office. Bonanza. Who the hell watches Bonanza to feel good? My mom. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Big Valley. Is that a show? Yeah. Hi, Chaparral. <laughs> okay now you're naming shit that i don't even know <laughs> um i'm i can sympathize with rocco clinging on to something that made him feel good because i was like this with the show space the Edgar wright um simon peg and jessica hines tv show hmm. i watched that show at a time in my life where everything was, was like garbage and i and i used it to like really feel happy it was hmm. my therapy and I hold on to that show so tightly that I'm like, there will never be another space. It can never be remade. It should never be made because it is perfection. Mm-hmm. So I fall in the line of what Rocco was going through. I, th- I, I could understand that. Mm. For, um, similarly, but maybe not exactly like that. I know it's kind of recent, but uh, Mr. Robot. Oh, you, you, you got, did you get me into that show? No, I think but, you got me into it. Yeah, you got it, but you got into it more than I got into I it. I did because, so like, without stealing the show, mm. for for your comfort, it was like a mental health thing for you with that one. And mm. this one, even though I don't, like, if I, if I see something of Mr. Robot, I automatically love it. Mm. But, um, like, he has so many issues like so many issues and it's like i think it's a really broad spectrum because everybody has issues in oh, that got film. You. so you're, but like, you find your relations with the character yes <laughs> it's like a therapy in its own way mm-hmm. so the, with the the remy malik character right with remy malik but also some of the other characters oh, too really? every once in a while with how they interact with him mm-hmm. um and then like how he feels afterwards oh totally totally yeah so like I actually think you're probably more right about the static cling part mm. um, than I am with the everyone's clinging to white noise. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah. Then like, so to bring the fatheads back, um, they have to con- they have to find the creator who is uh, Ralph Ralph Bighead, the son of the Bigheads. 
um, who's voiced by Joe Murray. Uh, Murray, sorry. Uh, but the thing that's different is that Ralph Bighead is no longer Ralph. He's now Rachel. Mm-hmm. And the father, Ed Bighead, can't deal with that because now his son is a woman. And it, it has to do with that type of change as well. So it, is, it really speaks like current events now, how parents just don't accept that their child is, no, is not who they think they, who they think they is. They are. Sorry. <laughs> They is. <laughs> they, they aren't who they think they, they is. is. <laughs> yeah, they don't think they don't. They it, it kind of like shocks them, but he doesn't. Rachel doesn't do this maliciously. He's like, or I'm sorry, she she does this because she wants to be comfortable. Yeah, she's like, I don't, I don't actually make the fathead cartoon anymore. That's mm. something past in my life. Yeah, I'm really happy now selling ice cream popsicles out of this fucking ice cream truck. Yeah, this is what desert. I want to do. Yeah, that, I I applaud that part. Because sometimes um, people have an overcomplicated life, they have all the success, and they will just drop it because they're like, I just want a simple life because I just want to be happy. And that's what Joe Murray does. He's just like, I just want to be comfortable in my own skin. I want to be happy. Yeah. Which I thought was really great. Um, and you could tell she's, she's bothered like... She remembers her childhood the way her parents remember her childhood. Mm. Like, they were a family. They loved each other. It was loud and raucous and all of that. But um, push come to shove, they loved each other. And then, you know, their son didn't come home for such a long time. Yeah, like and for years. Like, I think a couple, like a decade or something. Yeah, like it was almost like they thought he was dead or something. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, he came back as their daughter. And Mrs. Bighead was like, yeah, like, cool, whatever. I still fucking love you. Mm-hmm. And the father's like, nah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, <laughs> fuck that noise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he later, like, ends up accepting his, his daughter. Because then the whole family thing comes in. He's like oh, well, despite what you are now and the fact that I have a hard time with it, you're still the same person that I remember growing up. Yeah, you're still my child and yeah. all that stuff. Which is, it's a, it's a beautiful message. It's like, accept your kids for who they are. Right. Um, so, we, there, I mean, th- those are the parts that we really liked about it and we're able to dissect. There's a lot of, like, Easter eggs, nods to, like, old episodes that even Kelsey and I were just like, we don't get that, but we know it has to be a classic joke. Yeah. Um, I know we do have a small, a couple of gripes with it. For one, it seemed way too short. So for everything we just said, mm-hmm. can you imagine that all of that fit in to a 45 minute span? And we didn't even cover the fact that they showed like the little flies caught in the spider web. Like, yeah. And then know, like certain these- characters that popped up that you're like, whoa. And then like they're, they're in and gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we'd even mention that like when they come back, um, there's a, a nice portion of the film where they show how technology has changed and how it's a commentary on current events. Like, for example, there's a bunch of cars with batteries on top of it. Obviously, it's a, a hybrid. Yeah. Um, or like the, the, the iPhone joke, which is called like the O-phone. Oh, yeah, the O-phone. Yeah, how like there's a new model every like 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, there's a Starbucks joke. I forgot what the name it was called, but it was called like Big Bucks or something like that. And yeah. how it's it's on one corner and there's another one right across the street, which is like a, a constant, a common joke in Starbucks. Well, yeah. Starbucks. So they cram all that and then they cram the 
the part where I think they kind of dropped the ball when Rocco actually was like, no, this is not my big head. This is not the big heads I remember because the cartoon is different when the big heads come back. I'm a, no, the fat heads. I'm sorry. When the fat heads cartoons come back, uh, Rachel makes more episodes for like a special, which is like a meta story, a meta commentary on the show. And then Rocco goes like, this is not my cartoon. This is not what I grew up. And like they, they, they resolve that literally like in two minutes. Yeah. Which was like, I thought was like the biggest fucking problem. Well, because it was like a really short lead up when you think about it. Mm. Because they had so much to cover. Then mm. it's like, okay, so now here's where the problem is. And this is them getting stuck on their way. And then this is now we're at the problem and now we're over it. Like it's, it's quick. Yeah. So the majority of it is them getting acclimated to life. Yeah. Which they don't even kind of really explore too much. No, it's just like, um, like what ifs, like what if scenarios, like what would you experience if you'd come back to the same thing? Yeah. Like, Oh, like they're they're What's the name of that restaurant that they really liked? Oh, uh, chunky chicken. Yeah. And it was vegan. Yeah, it was, yeah, it jumped to vegan. But, like, like you would think, like, these characters who have been in space, who have, who have, who essentially don't have the same life as they did when they, when they come back, but, like, they don't explore the fact that, like, Heifer's grandpa's dead, um, Filbert, uh, Filbert and his girlfriend, like, haven't seen each other in years, but they've reconnected super fast. Yeah. Um, they don't, I don't, I think they show Heifer's parents? I don't really remember seeing Oh, them. they do. Um, not just his parents, but like his whole family. Well, no, was no, that, that that was, that was Filbert's, Filbert's family? Because they're like, oh yeah, we follow you. We're your we're your followers on yeah. your which channel. I, which I thought was cute, but I wish they gone a little further with that. Because Filbert's like, I'm a YouTuber. I'm an influencer. He calls himself like an influencer or some mm. shit to all my adoring fans, and there's only five of them. But it realize you find out it's like his family. But I think they could have like gone a little bit further with that. Like, you know, your fans are really the people who care about you. I think that was the point. Yeah, but they, they did it like the snap of a fucking finger. That was my problem with it. The whole thing was a snap of a finger. It was. Oh, they, they could have done like a three part. Or at least like an hour and a half. At yeah. least an hour and a half. So, yeah. And, it, and then back to like the whole Rocco Park park Rocco part with him not wanting to change that could have been a whole message about a toxic toxic fandom of how people are like this is not my star wars this is not my marvel this is not my harry potter this is this This, you know this is not my dc this is not my dc exactly this is not my x-men well it wasn't (laughs) but they could have like tackled that whole thing Mm. like right there but I mean, they just kind of like they. I feel like they just. It's forty five minutes. They just. They spent whoosh. too much time with the boss of uh, Conglomo or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Just watching him fucking pick his nose and flick it. <laughs> that was gross. That's, I mean, we could have cut a lot of that out. Yeah, definitely, and um, yeah, like the story ends, and like that's it. That's that's Rockwell's modern that's Rockwell's modern life static clean, and um, one thing I one thing I want to bring up about Joe Murray, um, his character becomes a, an essential part of the story, which I I like. They did that before in a in a 
in a past Rockwell's Modern Life episode. I think they actually gave that two episodes. Like, so I think it was actually like an hour long. And uh, if you guys will remember, there's a particular episode where you find out that the Big Heads have a son, and it's Ralph. Obviously, he turns to Rachel. Uh, but Ed Bighead does not like the fact that his son, who I believe he wanted to be a lawyer or some type of like businessman, be, wants to become a cartoon artist. And there's this whole thing where like Ralph, you know, convinces his dad and talks to him, being like, "This is who I am, father. I'm a cartoonist, right?" Um, that is, of course, is voiced by Joel Murray, the creator of Rocco's Modern Life. And I believe I remember reading in the interview that he did that episode because he had issues with his father, not accepting who he is. So that's a little bit of trivia that you guys should really know about, because I because I think it, I think it speaks volumes of what the show was about and what he was trying to say mm-hmm. and where it was so relatable. And I think that's why it's such an everlasting cartoon. Yeah. It's, it's funny because as a child, you're drawn to it mm-hmm. and you don't know why you're drawn to it. But as an adult, you're like, holy shit. Like now I know why I was drawn to it because yeah. like, it's so real in your mind, even yeah. though it's fake. Yeah. And um, especially like, I didn't, I didn't get it until I became an adult when Rocco would say, you know, shopping day is a very dangerous day or this day is a very dangerous day. Oh, yeah. And I, now he's like, he says something like, what did he say? Like the future is a very dangerous day or some shit like that when he came back? I think so. Yeah. Something like that. Now he says that. And I'm, now every time I'm just like, wow, this is some really fucked up shit going on. Like in the world, I think of Rocco's modern life saying like. This is a very dangerous day. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sunday. It's a very dangerous day. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, other than that, we enjoyed it. Uh, we had a, we had quite a few laughs. It was really great to like revisit this world. Um, I don't think I think Joe Murray said he's not coming. He's not going to do another one. It'd be great if he did do maybe another special. Hmm. Um, but I mean, it's cool. It's great. Uh, I think it maybe there shouldn't be another one. It might it might fall in the whole Red and Stimpy scenario, where Red and Stimpy came back and it wasn't the same. Yeah. So that's great. I liked it. I liked it. I just it's I'm already starting to forget it. I think oh. it's just one of those things where they just cram too much in and your brain couldn't absorb any of it. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe because they're like. Maybe that's like telling you to like watch it again to see those like little jokes. <laughs> I'm not a rewatcher. <laughs> I'll probably rewatch it again. If anything, I would really want to rewatch the cartoons. That I would do. Yeah, the classic ones. And uh, you know, Angry Beavers. I don't get that. I just don't get that cartoon. <laughs> I just don't. All right, so that was our dissection of uh, Rockwell's Modern Life uh, Static Cling, uh, and from there we are going to jump into the Robert Rodriguez film from dusk till dawn. Everybody be cool. You be cool. Somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Low profile. You understand the meaning of the words low profile? Sure. Two of America's most dangerous criminals have taken hostages. What is this? It's called the punch. I'm going to ask you one question, and all I want is a yes or no answer. Do you want to live through this? Yes. Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. One night is all that stands between them and freedom. This is my kind of place. But it's going to be one hell of a night. And that was the trailer from Dusk Till Dawn. 
are from Dust Till Dawn. Uh, the film came out in 1996, directed by Robert Rodriguez, written by Quentin Tarantino, uh, starring George Clooney, Quentin Tarantino, Harvey Keitel, Juliette Lewis, Selma Hayek, Cheech Marin, and three freaking roles, the man of the hour, Danny Trejo, Tom Savini, legendary horror, horror makeup artist, and Fred Williamson, the big black guy, big black guy. Um... <laughs> uh, you guys, come on, you guys got to know the story. Two criminals get to Mexico with a, uh, they have a family that's a hostage. They end up at the titty twister and they have to fight for their lives uh, because vampires are trying to kill them. Yes. Kelsey. Hmm. I'm so glad I showed you this movie. Are you? Oh, yeah. I was like, I can't wait to show her this movie. I loved it growing up. Still love it now. <laughs> God, that's such a great film. What did you think about it? You know what? I think I had a dream about it last night. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can Can you go into details, or can do you I remember? I don't remember it? it, but it was like definitely not scary. It like you know because it's a really gory film. Mm -hmm. It wasn't scary though. It was like mm. I felt like yeah, everyone's a badass or cool. Like yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely love the film. Excellent. Because if you didn't... The only part I could have done without were, you know, Quentin Tarantino's fucking feet. feet. His foot fetish. God, is bleeding to this motherfucking movie. I mean, he wrote it, so it's right I there. I can't wait for his 10th film. Is it, It's going to be a foot film? No, feet. no, no, no. Why? Because once he's done with his 10th film, it will be his last. Yes. I mean, you know, you get to the other side and mm. then you can, you know, worry about other people. But mm. God, fucking give it up already about the fucking feet. Oh, I'll show you. I'll show you some other stuff where it's just you see his foot, foot fetish is bleeding into the other films. I mean, case in point, we talked this about it once upon even, a time. This fucking irritating because it's not even his film. It's yeah. his friend's film. So yeah. He's like in his friend's film. He's like, yeah, you should just, you know, have alcohol run down Salma Hayek's leg. Into his mouth. I, 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 I would do that. I know, but I'm saying like <laughs> the fact. Well, I mean, there's just more feet. Yeah, there are several other like feet parts before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I don't think we really need to like go step by step in the movie because uh, this movie's been around since '96. A lot of people have seen it, and it's a strong cult following. Mm -hmm. Um. So we're going to just talk about what we liked about it, you know, what we didn't like. Um, after rewatching the film, like I said, I still love it, but there is a certain part where the movie just kind of goes to a fucking crawl. And it's, it's the hotel scene. Mm -hmm. It's um, when George Clooney, uh, you know, George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino have um, Carver Cattell's family. And they're telling them what they're going to do and whatever, like the hot situation. That whole that whole scene and then leading up into the RV, that scene was just like really, really slow. It was pretty slow. Yeah. Um, and I even kind of thought, even when they were at the border mm -hmm. and Cheech Marin came out mm -hmm. as the Border Patrol, mm -hmm. that was slow too. Yeah, that seemed like that took way too long to... to to go through. I know it's supposed to be like intense, but it was like a slow intense. It was like just slow. And then all of a sudden, oh yeah, Quentin Tarantino's fucking crazy. Okay. He's knocked out. Okay. Now we can move on. 
Yeah, exactly. And then we go like right into the movie. Yeah. I mean, then we go to like what the movie's all about. The thing that <laughs> you guys are probably going to hate me for this. The thing that kind of drug on for me the most mm-hmm. is once they got to the titty twister, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we're in this new world. Cool. I see how crazy it is. Dancing, 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 <laughs> dancing. I think more dancing, <laughs> dancing, more dancing. It's like it just was never ending. Like if I wanted to go to a fucking strip club for an hour, that's what I would have done. Yeah, I think I think he was trying to. I think Rodriguez was really trying to convey how how much of a party that place is. And I think he was given the band um, whose name is escaping me. I think he was given the band their due. Like let's show this band like play their music. Oh, okay. I think so. Which, funny enough, Robert Rodriguez was in that band. I didn't recognize. It. I think he was like the drummer. Oh. In that band. Okay. Um, I I remember thinking I was actually gonna like have a problem with the very beginning at the liquor store scene. Mm-hmm. Cause something something in my head kept playing. I was like, damn, this scene kind of goes on forever. But I really like how how it starts, where it's just like. It seems like just two dudes walk, just two dudes talking, a sheriff and the clerk, mm-hmm. just talking. And then I don't know where George Coons is like, bam, gum. No, like, what the fuck you doing? That guy should get the fuck out. And then it like jumps from like one to like nine really fucking fast. Yeah. Because you feel like you're like, oh, holy shit, we're in a hostage. I still get that feeling. Like, holy fuck, they're in a hostage situation. Holy fuck yeah. You know? <laughs> and of course, like <laughs> the big shootout happens in the liquor store. George Clooney and Quintantino can't shoot worse shit. Yeah. All bullets were missing and everything, um, but it was cool. I it, when the when the action ramped up, it ramped up like perfectly. I actually thought it was cool how because you know my affinity for figuring shit out mm-hmm. right away. Yeah, yeah. I did not figure out that that was a hostage situation. Oh really? Yeah, until like it happened, and I was okay. like, oh shit, okay. Yeah, this is not that usual suspect scenario. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I got that too fast. Um, yeah. One thing I, one of the things I absolutely love about this film, and this is very grotesque and crass, is when Cheech Marin plays the, the, the guy in front of the titty twister. Chet Pussy. Yeah, I didn't know his name was Chet Pussy. His name is Chet Pussy. <laughs> and he just like, I mean, y'all saw the movie. Come on, pussy lovers. You know, we got hairy pussy, wet pussy, dry pussy. You know what? Hmm. That just means that he probably smells like. Badussy. <laughs> Badussy. The greatest word ever invented. Badussy. I think it sounds stupid when I say it. Oh, yeah. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I still like hearing it, though. It's so funny. Um, so, I I like the fact... I was actually re-watching a... I was watching a trailer uh, for, this, for this movie um, to kind of get set up for the podcast and everything. They don't give it away at all that Quentin Tarantino dies in, like, the first, like, it dies in, like, 30, 40 minutes into the movie. Like, his character's killed. Mm-hmm. But they sell it, like, George Co- starring George Clooney, Quentin Tarantino, blah, 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 all these people, right? Mm-hmm. And his character dies. And I like the fact that his character dies. <laughs> I mean, I like the fact his character dies. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's cool. Um, uh, oh, and then... Um, Oh, I wanted to bring this up about the Selma Hayek's uh, scene where she's dancing. Uh-huh. I've always been curious about that scene because it comes off so damn well. 
how mm-hmm. she like moves her body and really goes to the music yeah that i thought it had to be choreographed i found out that it was not choreographed at all really robert rodriguez was like told somehow he's like just go with the music and she went with the music and holy fuck when i heard when i saw <laughs> it as a kid i became a man <laughs> <laughs> i became a man too <laughs> kelsey, kelsey that was the day she became a man <laughs> <laughs> i didn't recognize her at first are you serious because I've never seen her that young. Oh, yeah, you've seen her in a lot of older. And usually she's wearing a lot more eye makeup. Yeah, that's true. I mean, she still looks great now, but you can tell age has been catching up to her. Yeah. But, yeah, she looks fucking beautiful in this movie. Plus, I like she wasn't just some really skinny white girl. Oh, like, God, yes. she was fit, but she had, yeah, she had big hips and, like, chunky. Like, not chunky, but, like, thick, thick legs. She has thick the T-H-I-C-C, yak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she had that. And I, I actually like the fact that um, a lot of the strippers in the movie, they they come off as top. They have, they're they topless and everything. But her, she doesn't need to be topless. Yeah. Because she just looks amazing. And they really sell the fact that she looks beautiful because they do the whole music, fire popping up, like coming out with the cape. And like, and like everyone's like in reverence. Yeah, I honestly think that like when they shot that scene, probably everybody there was dead silent. Like, oh my god, god, that one is beautiful. Um, yeah, and then like right from there, it pick it like picks up. It turns from like it. I think the trailer did a disservice with the plot because the trailer is like these two criminals take this hostage, they go to the Tilly Twister, and they have to survive because they're vampires. I think if I think if properly um uh market it they could have just sold it as like a hostage situation and then the whole vampire reveal would have just taken audience by surprise like holy shit you know this is a totally different movie now because the movie switches over Mm. no you know how much audiences hate that shit these days Uh, that's true like even with mother oh yeah that's absolutely right everyone was like this was not the movie that they told us it was. I think because they couldn't market it. They just didn't know how to market it. But exactly. But yeah. for me, I'm like, I don't because they didn't want to give too much away, and I was like, I really don't know what this film is about, but something is telling me I should watch it. But mm-hmm. I'm also kind of like, I'm probably gonna hate this fucking thing. Oh, you love that. And movie. then I watched it, and I'm like, holy shit, I could dissect this into a thousand fucking different ways and never be wrong. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. And I remember when that movie came out, there were so many angles. We to, talked to about it for literally a week. Yeah, straight up. And I remember listening to like a bunch of like podcasts and reading uh, articles and like uh, editorials of like, what did the movie mean? What does this mean? Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing that sucks is, and I, I'm so fortunate to not have read this, Darren Aronofsky during, um, this is like a, we're going way off course, but I have to mention this. Darren Aronofsky uh, during a press uh, screening for Mother, he actually gave a paper, gave papers out explain what the movie's about to the press oh man if i was there, i would have been like nope not reading that at all i'm going in it fully blind yeah but it's a great movie anyway but back to where we're going yeah you're i, you're, I think you're right i think people would have been pissed off i mean when i saw it i thought it would have been great this would have been a great reveal for audience members if they market it right but you you prove a excellent point that people now probably have been pissed off that it's like oh this is a horror film. yeah like i came to watch a fucking you know basic cop drama yeah or action film or something like that 
And it wasn't that. It was, you know, stupid vampires. Yeah. And all this gore. Yeah. I mean, the vampires and gore was great, though. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom Savini. I love seeing Tom Savini in anything. He looks like a guy who just has a lot of cool stories or really interesting things to talk about. Um, I liked him as Sex Machine. I, I, I don't know how I forgot, but there... I realize there, there's a connection between Sex Machine's weapon, which is essentially like a pistol and is with this, like a cock, a, a cod piece, a cod piece, a cod piece and a pistol. And that pistol shows up again in Desperado. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe connected universe. We don't know. <laughs> I mean, Danny Trejo is in Desperado. So, no, that's not Sam Hayek. That was. Uh... No, Sam Hayek's in that one, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But she's not the vampire, obviously. Or is she? <gasps> da, 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 da. Well, no, she's out in sunlight. So she doesn't fry or anything maybe it was a prequel no they did a prequel movie maybe it was a prequel of the prequel no that prequel took place like 500 years prior or some shit maybe it was a sequel to the prequel <sighs> just stop it <laughs> 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 um yeah so from when the vampires come in like it just the action just ramps the fuck up and it it rarely slows down um i will say juliet lewis mm-hmm. i i've never I say this all the time. I've never seen this person that young. I've never seen that person <laughs> yeah, that that's young. Yeah, why, that's why we have the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually really liked her in this film. Because I think, yeah. like, now that she's older, for whatever reason, she always plays, like, this role that she doesn't know, like, what is she doing? Like, what's going on? I'm so, like, scared or angry or whatever. Yeah, or crazy or something. Yeah, sure. or crazy. And now she, like... Like, in this one, she was like, yeah, I'm really cool. Like, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, this was, like, before she really just started just playing, like, these wild characters and didn't age well, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I, I like Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel is a great actor. I really like seeing him as uh, a priest who's lost his faith and how he's really calm and cool in this movie. Kind of like um, Mr. Wolf in... Uh, Pulp Fiction, his character in that movie. Um, like if Mr. Wolf, like if Mr. Wolf had a twin brother and that twin brother found God. Mm. Some shit like that. So I really dug that. Um, I remember, <laughs> I, I, I still think it's funny how his son is Chinese and they never explain why. <laughs> like George Clooney makes a joke. He's like, he's like, he, when he's with Harvey Eichtel and his bro- and his son, he's like, uh, excuse his turn, but he goes, uh, what are you guys, a bunch of faggots? And he goes, no, he's my son. He goes, how does that work? He, he looks Japanese. Well, it does work, and he's Chinese. <laughs> and like, that's it. Yep. <laughs> they never go, he's adopted, or whatever. <laughs> like yeah. That. Um, I do like... Oh, what, did you think, what did you think about the action? I thought the action was great. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... It was very, uh, what's his name again? The Rodriguez guy? Robert Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. It was very much uh, one of his films. Yeah, this is very stylized action. Uh, it was stylized, yeah, there you go. Stylized action. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like practical effects that are so bad you can't help but laugh at them. Mm-hmm. They were actually not that bad. Yeah. But at the same time, like the, the uh, 
the action itself is dated in a way, but not, oh, yeah. but not in a, this is stupid kind of way, but mm. like, oh man, that was so fucking great. They don't do this shit anymore kind of way. Yeah. I like the part where Tom Savini's character essentially turned into like a giant rat. Oh yeah. I like that practical effect. That was, that was a great transformation. It was kind of weird. Cause it was like the more and more you saw of them, the more and more demonic they became. Yeah. instead of them just being like oh i'm a really ugly ass vampire it was like okay now maybe they're more than that like yeah maybe like because like um uh because like some of the some of the strippers they just have a vampire phase and then i don't know i don't like they don't really explain it but it seems like maybe maybe it's the the more weathered vampires they just transform into like that creature or whatever or what if you're closer to the original like yeah that's probably that could be you know like maybe what if salma hayek was like an original Mm -hmm. and then like hers was like a snake though that was always that was weird yeah i know they explained it in the series why she's a snake um but in here she looks like without the without watching the series you're just like why is she a snake yeah even though she's a she's a vampire snake (laughs) um i (laughs) you i Please tell me what you think of some of the some of the some of the action that's going on with like there's the big climactic battle and you just see some of the vampires just kind of like just shuffling around just like moving. Wait, they're just like shuffling around or like they're fighting and it's like they wait for their next punch like <laughs> like yeah. they wait for the guy to like pick up this weapon or like you know reload this gun they're just standing there like or the one guy holding the chair yeah there was i think it was a girl actually yeah there's a no it was a it was a vampire but you can tell it was a boy or girl but yeah if you guys like rewatch the movie look in the background like the climactic battle there's a vampire carrying a chair a lot and it's just holding a chair in the air like yeah i think he's trying to like maybe trying to like (laughs) stave people off yeah why is he staving people off shouldn't he be attacking them but he's just like yeah (laughs) yeah what probably happened behind the scenes is like that guy was like hey um robert what do you want me to do i don't know what i have to do he goes just hold up that chair just go in the back you hold up the chair and that's how we got it <laughs> we need the bodies you're a terrible actor but we need the bodies so just fucking hold this chair and mm-hmm. be quiet yeah um we didn't touch up on this but what did you think of uh the action i'm oh, not the action i'm sorry the uh, acting of the film anybody that sticks out with you <sighs> Probably Juliette Lewis. Oh, really? Oh, wow, I'm surprised. I thought you were going to say George Clooney. No, he's the same in every fucking thing. Yeah, but he's different in this one. He's the same. It was just better written and directed for him. Yeah, I think that that probably... I mean, he's... I got to show you more of his other stuff, though, because some of his other stuff is really great. Like, even though it's a George Clooney-esque, it's still... And I think that more contributes to the writing, Mm -hmm. which we were talking about. Um, I really like how George Clooney played this role. Because he was a fucking asshole. Like, 100% a dick. Mm-hmm. But, like, you slowly started going more to his side because you realize that he has, like, he actually has rules. Mm-hmm. Like, the, that scene where Quentin Tarantino essentially, like, rapes and murders their hostage. Yeah. And he's, like, that line he says, he goes, I don't fucking kill people unless they get in my way. Which is, like, at least he has a code, I guess. Yeah. Um. I really liked how much he swore. <laughs> I just I because you don't hear George Clooney swear like that anymore, like at all in movies. And I don't. I, I don't see George Clooney in movies anymore. Mm, okay. Well, so. when I show you more, he doesn't swear. Um, 
So, and how the way how he delivers certain lines, like there's that part where he's uh, in the hotel. Well, back to the beginning with the hotel, and he's telling the he's he's laying out the rules for the hostage, and he says like, if you ever speak, um, Mister Forty Five will ask you a question, mm-hmm. and then he goes like, the rule number two, um, you know, if you have any questions, see rule number one. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then he goes, and then he goes, uh, and if you ever in rule number three, if you ever try to fucking run, I got six little friends and they can run all faster than you. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's dope. But once again, that's the writing. Yeah. It just, I just like how he delivered it. Um, one, and then of course Harvey Cut. I like, I guess I like, I love Harvey Keitel. I thought his acting was great in this film. Mm-hmm. He really like pours himself into the character. <sighs> we got to talk about Danny Trejo. <laughs> Because this is why we're doing the episode. <laughs> what did you think of Danny Trejo? Even though he's in a very little, what did you think about him? Uh, was he a bartender again? Yeah, he, he played it. Yeah. <laughs> again. He's always a bartender. He's either a bartender, a or biker, a biker, or an assassin. And he's always in a bar, though. Yeah. I mean, in Spy Kids, he was like a babysitter. Whoa. <laughs> I like seeing him. He's probably dreaming about the bar. What was... Oh, you know what? I just remember his character in Spy Kids is Machetti. Really? Yeah, his name is Machetti in Spy Kids. So the Machetti we see later in the Machetti films is the Machetti from Spy Kids. Oh Jesus! <laughs> but I, I like seeing Danny Trejo. I like I always like seeing Danny Trejo in his earlier work because he looked fucking dangerous back then he did yeah yeah he's like all like buff and, and you like, think like his skin is bad because he's old no that's just his skin that's just his complexion yeah you know i mean but like, the the tattoo the woman's tattoo is like better put together like no i well that's the funny thing like uh, i saw it and i'm like god it's faded oh, like <laughs> like did he get it when he was like five years old or something he like probably, he I don't. I don't know if he's ever talked about where he's gotten it, but he might have got it in prison because the prison tattoos are—they come out very shitty and they fade pretty fast. They don't usually get them that big, though. Yeah, that's true. Can you imagine him being? Maybe in he prison? got it like right out of prison or something. Yeah. I wonder who that woman is. I should look up, see who that woman tattooed on his chest. That's gotta be like his mother or his like first wife or something. Hmm. Or his only wife. I don't. Want, I don't want to assume he doesn't. I don't assume he only has like. Oh, sorry. I don't want to assume that he has like sixteen wives. That's very wrong of me to assume that. I thought he was gay. What? I don't know. I thought I've read that somewhere. Danny Trails gay. Damn. No, I, like I don't. He doesn't come off that way. But you thought you read that somewhere that Danny Trejo was gay? Yeah. Oh man, we're hold on. I need to hold on. We need to answer this question right now. Did you did you, did you find anything? Why don't you no? Uh, why don't you cover some of the trivia? Because I saw something in there about Salma Hayek. Yeah. Okay. So um, let me see. Okay. So the great famous line from George Clooney where he says, "No thanks. I've already I've already had a wife." Uh, improvised by George Clooney. Uh, Rodriguez actually didn't like it, but the studio. But during the trailer. The studio included in the trailer, and he was like, well, I guess I got to do it. But it's a great line. A lot of people do love that line. Um, surprisingly, Sama Hayek had a fear of snakes uh, and refused to do anything with a snake, like any scenes. Robert Rodriguez told her, you know, there's going to be a snake in here. You're going to be dancing with a snake. And to get her to do it, he told her that Madonna was going to take the role oh, as, yeah, as, as Santanico. 
And she was like, shit. So she went to, uh, and she went to a therapist for like two months before doing the scene. And she got over her fear. That's back when Madonna didn't look like she was a million years old. Yeah, seriously. Uh, surprisingly, this is actually Quentin Tarantino's first paying gig. Uh, that surprised me because he did another movie before this called uh, True Romance, an uh, Oliver Stone film. Great movie, great script. I guess he wasn't paid for it. Um, he got about $1,500 for that. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Sam Hayek did the whole dancing on her own. Before they got George Clooney, Antonio Banderas, Steve Buscemi, Michael Madison, Tim Roth, John Travolta, and Christopher Walken were all off of the role, the role of Seth Gecko. Oh, man. Can you imagine Christopher Walken as Seth oh, Gecko? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Antonio Banderas, I can kind of picture that. Yeah. As Seth Gecko. Um, but that would have been weird. Like, Antonio Banderas, who's like, I think he's, I think he's actually Spanish. I don't think he's from, like, Mexico. I think he's yeah, actually Spanish. Yeah, I think Spanish. Antonio Banderas, Spaniard. Quentin Tarantino, white boy. How are they brothers? It works in Hollywood. I mean, well, I mean, Harry Cattell's son is Chinese. Yeah. So. I didn't see anything about Danny Trejo being gay, so he's probably not. But. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see it, so he's probably not. Maybe he's not. <laughs> I did find he also has uh, Trejo's donuts. Are they, in, LA? are they in SoCal? The northeast corner of Santa Monica Boulevard and Highland Avenue. Guess where we're going this weekend? Okay, I gotta read this. This is from his Wikipedia page. Mm -hmm. Trejo owned several ventures in the food and restaurant business. As of January 2016, these included a taco restaurant on La Brea Avenue in LA, Mm -hmm. his own brands of beer, coffee, and various merchandise with ice cream sandwiches under development. (gasps) Trejo's ice cream sandwiches? Yeah. Oh my God. I've never been excited, so excited about a celebrity's food. (laughs) <laughs> oh shit i love ice cream sandwiches they're probably all vegan i you know it'll be delicious yes um quintardino quintardino originally pitched the script to john travolta uh while prepping for pulp fiction uh but john travolta said nah and he did pulp fiction instead mm. i can picture john travolta as seth gecko but i do like the fact that he stuck with pulp fiction because yeah. that is like a career-defining move. It is. is that, I mean, he threw it away, but... <sighs> yeah, thank you, Scientology. Um, but yeah, like that... Because he was like... And his career was like dead by that time. And that Pulp Fiction brought him back up. Yeah. Um, oh. <sighs> your buddy was in here in the movie. Which one? Greg Nicotaro. Oh, yeah. Your homeboy. You know, you guys just chilling at you know this year's Comic-Con. You know, <laughs> guys just hanging out and shit. Uh, Craig Nicotaro, who is uh, a horror costume designer, makeup artist. He uh, came up with uh, George Tom, Romero. George Romero and Tom Savini. Um, and Craig Nicotaro is now the uh, showrunner for The Walking Dead. So the dude came up in Hollywood, which I'm. that's totally cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, if you guys are wondering who Craig Nicotaro played, he plays the guy that uh, Sex Machine takes the beer from, but the whip. Yeah. Voila. So yeah, uh, that's about it from Dust Till Dawn. Kelsey liked it. Correct. You loved it. Yes. Yes. I still love the film. Still holds up. Danny Trejo, America's national tre- na- national treasure. Mm-hmm saving lives 
and ripping people's heads off. That's mm-hmm. Danny, that's Danny Trejo. Yeah. So uh, when he talks, makes earthquakes. <laughs> yeah, his mu- his mustache stops tidal waves. It cleans the water. It cleans the water. Yes, it's, it's a water filter. <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, that's going to be our episode for this week. Um, like I said earlier, uh, if you want to follow us on our social media, uh, Facebook, uh, The Real Appeal. Um, type in Facebook, The Real Appeal, you end up, you'll find a page. Or if you want to join our group, our secret group, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash The Real Appeal. That's real with two E's. Uh, Twitter at, uh, at Appeal Real, same way. Uh, uh, two E's in real and Instagram, the real appeal. Uh, send us a letter, comment on the show, get involved. Uh, Gmail is the real appeal at gmail.com. Next week, we are going to. Oh, before I say that, definitely want to give a shout out to the guy who made our intro music, not for this week, but who has making our intro music. Well, it'll be our outro. Or outro. Intro and outro music. Kelsey's mm-hmm. intro and outro. My intro and outro. Uh, Lee Luwallen. Luwallen. Sorry. Lee Luwallen. Uh, his band is The Electric West. You can find his band at uh, theelectricwest.com. And uh, that is going to be our show for the week, like I said earlier. Uh, next week, we are going to review... Uh, the Good Boys. The Good Boys. Haven't full, we haven't fully decided what's our geriatric cinematic. We might uh, do The Slums of Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. uh, the 1998 indie comedy coming-of-age story. Or, hear me out. Okay, I'm listening. We're going to watch home, my home videos and review <sighs> <laughs> And review them. And review your home movies? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Mark, what do you about, what did you think about these whole movies? Gun in my mouth. <laughs> Riveting, absolutely. <laughs> Riveting. Riveting, absolutely. Riveting. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we're gonna review the Good Boys and um, not my home videos. <laughs> not your home videos. Um, so yeah, we might do like I said, we might do the slum, the slums of Beverly Hills. Uh, we might do the he- we might do Heather's. I'm not one hundred sure the Winona Wider classic film. I was thinking about maybe um, Stand By Me, but I don't know. I, f- I feel like we should do something equally as raunchy as yeah. the good boys. So, you know, follow us on our social media and uh, our social media accounts, and we'll give you updates on what that movie's going to be. Other yes. than that, we want to wish you all a lovely good night. Stay and cool in this hot weather. Stay cool in this hot weather. If you're not in this hot weather, you are fortunate. Um, and we hate you. Yeah, we hate you. And if it's not night, uh, we hope you enjoy your day. We love you. Bye.